Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're talking about Mughal i Azam, the 1960 historical film about the legendary romance between Prince Selim, son of Akbar the Great, and Anarkali. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the second in our historical movie series. Mm-hmm. And this is by far the most classic. Uh, definitely the most classic that we've talked about at all so far. Yes. This is an early one. So early that... Rose, do you want to go over the color situation? Yeah, so it was colorized, and that's basically the only version you can find. The director wanted to reshoot it in color, but they wouldn't let him because it had already gone insanely over budget with insanely long production schedules. It was the most expensive Indian movie made for a really long time. Yeah. Then he ended up having just two musical numbers and the last 30 minutes shot in color. Yeah. And the rest of it, 85% of the movie was in black and white. And it wasn't expensive just because of sets and stuff. It was expensive because the shooting of it, like, they took forever to light shots, to get takes. So there was just a lot of love put into this movie that I imagine was quite frustrating for the financers. That does not surprise me because it turns out this guy, when he died, only had two finished movies on his hands. That definitely doesn't surprise me, considering how long it took to make this one. Yeah, and he had two uncompleted movies left behind because he probably did this with everything. I actually saw in a review that just on IMDb, somebody compared him. They said, he's the Indian Cecil B. DeMille, and I was like, ooh... No, 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 no. Yeah, Cecil B. DeMille made many movies and I believe was able to work in a studio environment. Absolutely. That's how he rose to the top. This guy was not that. (laughs) Yeah, so this is kind of comparable to Gone with the Wind in just the importance in Indian film. Mm -hmm. And also a little bit on the scale, although it's much more of like a Ben-Hur style movie. But it was wildly successful when it came out. It's one of the best remembered films in India. It's super iconic for them for film history. That's right. And Madhubala, who played Anarkali, she's sort of the Indian Marilyn Monroe around the same time and like this great beauty, obviously better at memorizing lines, but yeah. And Dilip Kumar was quite a big star. Yes. And I think the parents were, too. They were just older when the movie was shot. But in their day, they were quite big deals. So it was really filled with big names. And this was a big movie for them as well. Mm -hmm. And you could see Madhubala. She was quite charming in it. She was good. She wasn't given quite as much to do as she could have been. But in the parts where she was happy and in love, that was when she was the most charming. And she actually had a lot of personality in her dance scenes. Mm-hmm. And I could see why the dance film, why the dance sequences were so expensive, because um, they were really well done and really elaborate with oh lots gosh. of water backup features. singers. And, yeah, water features. <laughs> yeah. So this story is a legend... Mm-hmm. That most people consider to be not based in fact at all, but some people do consider to be based in fact. It's kind of like a King Arthur style legend yeah. where 
some people are like, well, this, I think King Arthur did exist and there's this evidence. And some people say that's nonsense. He never existed. And some people fall in between. So that's kind of what this legend is. Yeah. No one can really point to any real evidence that Anarkali existed. Yes. In quality, though, I found the legend to remind me of Tristan and Isolde, mm-hmm. mostly in the frustrating romance category. When you look at the history also of Prince Salim and his father, I mean, obviously a bunch of this never happened. Oh, yeah. But it wouldn't be as good of a story if it was just kind of wedged in there. Yeah. And it felt kind of Shakespearean in the way it was told and the way the characters were drawn and everything. It's just yeah, it truly did. kind of old fashioned. Yeah, old fashioned in, family drama epic. Right. In a very deliberate way. Yeah. And you know what? Dilip Kumar kind of grows on you if you've never seen him before. That's me. Yeah. I, um, this is the only movie of his I've seen. Right. He looks terrible at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and I get it. He's like a serious young warrior and he's been away from home for 14 years. He's not happy. He's also got all these wounds on his face that he refuses to have treated. And the wound makeup isn't great. It's not great. And then he's finally riding home and he's sitting there on his horse and he looks like he can barely hold himself up. And I'm like, did he die on the way (laughs) here? Like what's happening with this guy? But he grows on you. I can tell you who does not grow on you is the mother, Joda. Oh, Joda. So wonderful in the last movie we saw, but... That might be part of it, too, is that Joda was so great in the last one. And then in this one, she is the worst kind of Indian mother. Oh, my gosh. Her little flights of fancy. And, like, she's so... Oh, my gosh. I just wanted to slap her. And this is one of those really classic, like... This is not the way Americans portray mother-son relationships. But in India, you see it all the time. Where the mother dotes on the son to... The exclusion of, like, just common sense or, like, any sort of basic standard of decency expected from the son. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Um, Or herself. I mean, it all just goes out the window. And so that's the thing, like, especially for this to be in the, like, have come out in 1960, I understand why she was played that way. Mm -hmm. And it's probably, you know, everyone probably said she nailed it. (laughs) But to Americans... It's really weird and bad. Yeah. So I guess we didn't really give any sort of basic... I mean, it's it's oh, a movie yeah. about star-crossed lovers in the sense that she is a commoner... Slave girl. Yeah, who works in the palace. And I think she was a trained dancer. And then I think the sculptor was just like, hey, you're pretty. Come here and pose for this thing. Yeah. So she did. And then... Everyone was so pleased with her and that the emperor, Akbar, was like, you know, you can be in my wife's uh, personal court. So then she was. But she was super into Prince Salim. And then Prince Salim, turns out, was super into her. Mm-hmm. And neither one of them seems to be keeping in mind their respective positions. I mean, she does a little bit at the she, beginning. She more does than he, he seems to think. Nothing's impossible. Yep. So it is star-crossed lovers just in the sense of their positions. They would never be allowed to get married, which is super duper what they want. Right. And I wonder, like, were they planning on trying to keep it secret until the emperor died? Or they? there's another scheming uh, servant girl who must be higher born. Yeah, I think she was part of the court. But she wasn't a servant, probably. Probably not. 
So she was like an attendant or some something, a noble attendant maybe. She really wanted to get with Prince Salim solely for the money and the fame and everything. And she's always sort of trying, they're in there meddling. Even though after a certain point, I'm like, dude, you're too connected to this. Even if Anarkali dies right now, he's never going to get with you. Yeah, that's 100% true. So this is because of how old it is and the type of movie it is. It's completely family friendly. There's nothing in this Mm -hmm. that a kid couldn't see. No. It's kind of slow. Yeah, a kid wouldn't want to see it, but <laughs> That's they true. could. They would not. It is, it's like three hours and 15 minutes, and it is not tight. I, yeah, you, and there's a lot of talking. Watch, there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of really long, like, scenes of, like, someone looking at something, <laughs> and you're like, wow, I hope this lasts another five minutes before I see what they're looking at. And the answer is yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Sometimes they just straight up never show you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, it's slow, which again, 1960. And I would say, honestly, probably intermediate Mm -hmm. viewing because it was a pretty straightforward story. Yeah. So other than the fact that it's not really going to grab you if you're not already invested in Bollywood as a, as a whole, there's nothing confusing or off-putting about it. There really isn't. This is a story everyone can understand. If only because it's such a classic story. Every civilization has them. Exactly. It's universal. And as we mentioned, the singing and dancing is quite impressive. There are many musical numbers. Mm-hmm. My favorite was the one where they were both singing about love. They were sitting there and it was like a trial right. for um, for Salim to judge between. That's and right. And then he gives one the rose and the other the thorns. It was very poetic. It was a very King Solomon moment there. It was. And Anarkali gets the thorn and she says then I'm lucky because I don't ever have to worry about wilting. It was it was very well done, mm-hmm. all that. My favorite song was also about love, but it was at the end. They're almost all about love, to be fair. You know what? Thinking back, <laughs> you're exactly right. But do you mean the one with all the classical dancing? I mean the one led by the sculptor. Oh, that was a good one, too. That was a good one. But there also was a lot of classical singing and dancing, which yeah, was cool to see as it well. Was. I was like that. So that's all for non-spoilers. And we'll do spoilers mm-hmm. after the interval. So there's a lot of the same thing happening over and over again at the end of the movie. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, it's not bad. It's just that, like, there's constant, she's going to be punished. No, she's not. Well, now she (laughs) is. Well, now you're going to be punished instead of her. There is a lot of back and forth thing on that. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, the thing where he's going to have his son killed with cannonball. Okay, for one thing, I'm like... Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe... Having someone executed... And I was like, there's no way that's what they're using. Yes, it was what they were using. That is a ridiculous way to execute someone unless the person is actually strapped to the mouth of the cannon. Right? What are the odds that you would hit them? It's... Yeah, they're not a precision weapon. No. Also, he's still a crown prince. 
And you were so hard up for an heir. Yeah, you don't have an heir after this. Yeah, what are you going to do, man? What's the game plan here? Also, Akbar did not handle this situation correctly. Go on. There were better ways to subtly separate your son from this woman. Oh my gosh, he's the worst. It's like he had never seen a teenager before, and maybe he hadn't. Well, he hadn't, because Selim was out on the battlefield since he was a kid. Because he was a drunk seven-year-old that was, like, messing around with sacred stuff. Which, again, I'm like, this is not Selim's fault, it's yours. Like, the fact that he got to this point when he was that young. Yeah. I suppose it was supposed to show he was a wayward child. When I was first watching the movie, I was like, well, now he's a sympathetic man where you feel bad for him because he's in love with this woman and he's not allowed to be with them. But then I was thinking back to how they showed him as a child and I was like, oh, wait, maybe he's, this is him being wayward as an adult. And like in India, this is, he's still a bad person for disobeying his parents in regards to this woman. Um, I was a little confused because I was yeah, like, why I, would you show him being such a naturally bad kid? Yeah, I couldn't tell if that's what they were trying to say. Or, I, I could never tell if you were supposed to be on his side or not. But it seemed I, pro-love, generally. Right, like I was, but in America, everyone who loves someone and can't be with the person they love, that's who you're supposed to identify with. And I don't know how true that is in India. But also, it seems ridiculous that Selim wouldn't be like, well, yeah, I'm going to keep her as my mistress. Isn't that weird? Come on. It's not like people don't do that. Yeah, you could be together and she would just be your mistress. But that never even got brought up as an option. It wasn't like she was like, no, I can't do that because my values. Well, you know what else never got brought up in either of these movies was Akbar's other, like, 12 wives. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it wouldn't have been a foreign concept to Salim. No, it wouldn't have. And yeah, there had to be women that the emperor kept around who weren't like official wives. I for mean, sure. come on. Oh, for sure. That happens everywhere. Although one of uh, Akbar's wives, <laughs> I was reading about it and it was like, former wife of so-and-so, he fell in love with her and forced that guy to divorce her <laughs> so that he wow. could marry her. <laughs> Yeah, so there were things like that where it's like, I don't really understand. I mean, I know this is one of those epic love stories. And to be fair, a lot of the time, epic love stories have huge gaping plot holes where you're like, I don't understand why the person didn't do this. This was the whole Tristan and Soul problem. Gosh. <laughs> but yeah, there were some times when I was like, I don't understand the logic of like why people aren't bringing this <laughs> up. Or I suppose it would cheapen the love story if you mentioned mistresses. Probably so. But Anarchy showed... She really did only love Salim. That was all she was in it for. Yeah. You know, it's funny. She was more active, I thought, in the first part of the movie. And then she got chained up and there was nothing for her to do. But until the very end. Be chained. I mean, because even when they take her out to the battlefield, I really felt like she didn't have that much to do. And I felt kind of bad for the actress because I was like, now you just have to stand there looking horrified for like 20 minutes that was her role that was her role especially i feel bad for her because those chains were not lightweight fakes yeah they were real chains and apparently it was really hard for her yeah to do those scenes apparently it was hard for everyone in the armor and the heat and all that those poor horses also yeah they all had to wear bed sheets (laughs) it looked like they were all wearing bed skirts on them (laughs) That's how you knew they were fancy. Yeah. So we also get the stuff with Joda toward the end where Akbar wants her to, like, bless his sword or give 
him his sword, some sort of tradition where I was like, this is an insane scene. This was one of those scenes where I was like, this reminds me of Shakespeare because you're like, why would you guys not understand that at this moment, this is not appropriate. That's not a public scene that everyone has to watch. So you have to do it to save face. Like, why would you ask your wife to give you your sword so you can go off and kill your son. Like, that was that's wild to crazy. me. And then he got so mad that she didn't want to. Yeah. That he was like, fine, we're not married anymore. And wiped the mark off her forehead. Yeah. And then she finally did it. <laughs> and I was like, hey, abuse works. <laughs> Sometimes you do get what you want. Well, I was like, your son also. I mean, I get that a mother's love should be unconditional and all this. <laughs> but I'm like, your son has never shown that he cares about you really at all. Yeah, to be fair, she's never asked him to show anything other than, like, be alive. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But she's just, like, he comes back from the battle after seeing her for the first time in, like, 12 years or however long it's been. And he's just like, hey, what's up? Yeah, he's like, hey, okay, I'm gonna go now. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go somewhere else. It's very nonchalant but about the whole thing. she's sitting there and she's like... Yes, that did not disappoint. <laughs> and I was like, you are going to be disappointed because you're building this up like it's the best thing that's ever happened in the universe. Yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, so there were a lot of family dynamics there where yeah. they were just real Indian. Poor Anarkali. She just couldn't do anything right. Every time she showed up, every time Akbar saw her face, he was like, <laughs> oh, now I'm angry again. Yeah, and he spent a lot of time accusing her of just being in it for the crown and yeah i don't understand i mean the things that she did i guess he just wanted to see it that way and so he did and that was it yeah i think he was just so angry at the situation and he couldn't blame his son because that would have made everything even worse yeah that he was just like it must be that conniving woman I mean, again, Akbar, I know you haven't seen your son in a long time, but there are better ways to deal with these kinds of situations. Yeah. For starters, you find out about it, and then you be sneaky, and you're like, oh, hey, like, Anarkali's gonna get married to this super important person. Done. Like, it's too late when you try and do that halfway through the problem. Right. Especially to the sculptor of all people. The, like, yeah. old, old weirdo who was like, ooh, I don't really want to do that either, though. I know. I felt bad. Well, yeah, because he's like, Salim's going to freaking kill me. <laughs> yes, no um, kidding. And I, it's funny because as an American, I felt like I should be rooting for the young lovers. But just like as a common sense person, I was like, guys, you have got to think about the bigger picture here. Your love is not more important than the stability of your country. Salim, get it together. I know. Well, and then his solution is like to just walk away and be like, fine, I'm not going to be part of your empire. And I was like, well, that's not really an option either. Yeah, I was like, there's millions of people that are depending on you for security and stability and all of these things. You, yeah. especially Anarkali, I'm like, she seemed to know this at the beginning and then forgot. Yeah, she did. Anarkali should have been better at putting that back into the center of the picture. Because mm -hmm. I was like, buddy, you are a monarch. You don't get to live your own life. That's not the way this no. works. And it seemed like he, it seemed like for him being sent away for 14 years and being in the army actually had the opposite effect where he was like, I've been told what to do for so long and I'm not going to do it anymore. Like, I want this one thing. Why can't I have this one thing? He did seem to resent the fact that he was sent away. His father wanted to make a man of him and it made too much of a man of him. Yeah. 
too independent. So you really get nothing of Salim's real life here. Yeah. And Akbar doesn't come off super great the way he did in the last movie. He sure doesn't. Comes off as kind of dumb and very angry. But there were a lot of beautiful scenes in it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of wonderful things said about love. That's and, right. uh, you know, a glorious, tragic conclusion. For anyone who loves a tragic romance, this is a movie for you. Although it's not as tragic as it could be because they changed the anarchically gets holed up in a wall and dies to anarchically gets holed up in a wall but then because of a a legal loophole from her mother gets to sneak out the back way and it's just exiled forever yeah and i was like i don't see you handing them bags of money like what do you expect them to do when they get outside of your empire by the way not his problem guess not he already went above and beyond but that thing where he flings the ring and it lands on the scales of justice and that was beautiful i mean that was really well conceived it was good but how how was that the first time the mom remembered that? I feel like she should have thought of that a long time before now. Maybe she didn't have anything to ask the emperor for. But she was aware that her daughter was in the dungeon at one point. I guess she really did. Ju- I mean, it happened such a long time ago that she brought the message to get the favor. I feel like I would be thinking about that all the time. <laughs> Maybe she never intended to use it, so she just forgot about it. I guess so. But I'd be bragging about it all the time. If I, was a sl- <laughs> if I was a slave in a palace, and I was like, yeah, guess what, though? I one time did something where I look at this ring the emperor gave me, and I can have anything I want if I ask him. Well, clearly you and Anarkley's mom are two very different people. I guess so. Also, Akbar, that would have been great to do before, to just fake her death. Right? Why didn't you think of that, you weirdo? And really just, like, if he he could have handle- handled Anarkley better, because he misjudged her as some gold-digging tramp. Right. But if he hadn't misjudged her so severely, he could have played on her own sense of patriotism, I think. Oh, yeah. To know that it was better for the country as a whole, and Celine personally, if she disappeared from his life. Yeah. Because that's all she really cared about was Celine anyway. And if it was going to be better for him, then she would have done it. But then we wouldn't have had a movie. No, you're not wrong. So... So next, we're moving away from the Mughals to go very far in the past. I suppose theoretically we should have done this first. Yeah. To Ashoka, which is a 2001 Shah Rukh Khan movie, and Karina Kapoor's in it as well. And it is about the Emperor Ashoka, who brought Buddhism to India. But it does have some of the worst Shah Rukh hair you'll ever see. So that's just something to brace yourself for. It's unavoidable. All right. And it is available on Netflix for streaming. So we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.